following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. One of the things that we've been talking about, and we're going to kind of bring a certain part of that focus to a close today, is the concept of being sent ones. And the reality is, every time we gather together as the body of Christ, whether it's this Sunday morning gathering or any of these other things that we just talked about, we gather really because we are also sent. We gather to come together and uh, belong and be equipped for the sake of then being able to be sent. And so we want to recognize that that's part of the importance of gathering together. That's why in uh, the New Testament it says don't forsake the gathering. Not just because we need something extra to do or because you know, we miss one another, because we do miss one another, but because there is a purpose in our gathering that, that gets worked out when we leave the gathering. And so we've been talking a lot about the fact that we are sent ones that the local church gathers for worship and teaching and for sharing the Lord's table when we have communion together, and then we scatter to carry out the global mission that is still on the heart of God, that is still the work of the church to carry out. And so one of the things I want to look at today is what does it look like for us to send well and to be sent in the manner that... Um, that Jesus meant to send us. We talked about a few weeks ago that Jesus said, the way the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And so we've been examining, what does that look like? If he says, I'm sending you the way the Father sent me, then we can go back through Scripture and look at, okay, what, how did the Father send Jesus? And we talked about the aspects of, of the way that the Father sent Jesus, the motivation for that, But I want to talk a little bit more about that today as we kind of begin to transition into where I feel like we're going next as a body. And the primary text that I'm going to be using is out of 3 John. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn because that will take attention away from the fact that I'm not there yet. 3 John only really has one chapter, so we're looking at 3 John and verse 6, and this is John, who's uh, writing to Gaius, another believer, and the believers that are with him. It says, they have testified to your love before the church, and they, the they that he's talking about is ones who have been sent ones that Gaius has been part of sending. He says, They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they, hmm, for they went out. Sorry, this is just how it's going to be. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, Therefore, we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. 
we are ascending church in a lot of different ways. Really, the mission of every church is to be ascending body, to be ones who send. And so when we've talked about that, we, we have broadened that beyond just the sending of specific missionaries, because sometimes when we say we're ascending church, that's what we mean, we think, we mean, we, we send to this nation, we send to that nation, we send here. But one of the things we've been focusing on is we are always sending all of us. We are all commissioned to go into some, some of us further than others. Some of us may have to uh, take on a different risk than others, but we are all commissioned to go and we are ascending church. But what I want to look at is just a couple phrases in this verse that talks about the way that we send. He says, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. To send them on their way means to equip them for the journey. So sorry. The part that's landing on me is the statement to send them in a manner worthy of God. This morning, when we were singing about him being enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations, the weight of his worthiness was resting on me. I could feel the weight of his worthiness and the tremendous joy in that. I know it's hard to believe because I just cry all the time. But it's tremendous joy to know and to begin to see how worthy he is. And this sending, we, we both send and we are sent in a manner that is worthy of him. There's something that, that I feel like in this season he's helping us understand, and that is the value, the weight of who he is as we're being sent. We've talked about this word before, for those of you that have been here, the, this concept of going in a manner worthy of God. There's other places in Scripture, other verses that exhort us to walk in a manner, same, same word, same Greek word, or to conduct ourselves or to speak in a manner worthy of God. And that picture, we've used it before, is actually the picture of scales. The word is axios, like an axis. So if you picture a scale, you know, the kind that kind of looks like a teeter-totter, an old scale, where there's something of weight on one side, and to balance it, you put something of equal weight on the other side. There is a weight of his glory, <laughs> a weight of his worthiness, and it's saying that we should send and be sent in a manner equal in value to his worthiness, to his glory. I don't know how we can possibly do that. I don't know how we can send or how we can go unless we are aware of his worthiness unless we are fully awakened to how worthy he is. 
And I've, I have experienced over the last several months these moments of beginning to just have that, that explode on the inside of me, this revelation of how worthy he is. And I feel like I still haven't even barely touched the reality of it and the weight of it. And so one of the things I feel like he's inviting us into is to begin to explore his worthiness. That before we can be sent, or in order to be sent in a manner worthy of him, we have to understand, we have to not even understand, because I think it's beyond comprehension, but we have to experience the weight of his worthiness. The next statement that, that I want to look at, it says to send, and I, I say also to go, or to walk in a manner worthy of God. It says, for they went out for the sake of his name. We are sent for the sake of his name. We go for the sake of his name. We've talked about this, that we are ambassadors for him. That, the, uh, that everything that we are to carry out is for, on his behalf. The authority we have is because we're going for the sake of his name. And if you haven't been here, you can review some of those because I'm not going to go into all of it. But there's this reality that when we go for the sake of his name, it means that for the sake of is for the better, for, on behalf of, for the betterment of, for the advancement of, in the interest of his name. We are sent on behalf of his name. And not just his name, like the name of Jesus, but in, in scripture, it was impossible to separate the character of somebody from their name. Right? Their, their, their name was was their character, was the essence of their being. And in this case, when it talks about the name, the name of Jesus, we're saying that they went out for the sake of his reputation, for the sake of his character, for the sake of who he was. How do we be sent for the sake of his name if we don't know well his character? If we don't if we haven't examined and experienced, and how do we go? How do we know his heart? How do we go for the sake of his name and carry his authority? Because here's, here's the reality. I should answer the question first. I don't want to leave you all hanging. We, we go from a place of having worshipped him, having beheld him, having looked at him, taken the time. I know sometimes on Sunday mornings, it depends on who you are. Some of you just thrive on the music and spending that time, and, and you just, it just fills you up, and others are like, oh, are they going to do announcements yet? <laughs> just, I'm just being honest. Like, okay. But here's what I want us, we, we don't, 
we don't continue to sing and to talk about who he is because we have like a three song minimum or because, you know, we have 90 minutes and we've said this much time has to be. It's, it's because we want to spend time beholding and focusing on who he is. And there's times when like the music is playing and you're kind of going, what am I supposed to be doing right now? There's no words on the screen. There's nobody singing, what's happening? I don't know. Should I sit down? I don't know. I mean, that's a time when you can just begin to behold who he is. Ask him, show me who you are. Beyond the words that we're singing, just be alone with him in that and, and behold him and ask him to reveal himself to you, his character and his nature. Because then you can begin to exalt and extol him for who he is in that. You can begin to say with your mouth, oh, I love your mercy. The Holy Spirit, in those moments when we're worshiping God, he comes and he, he leans in and he goes, oh, remember the mercy of Jesus. Oh, and then I can go, oh, God, I love your mercy, God. Remember, remember the strength that he brought. Oh, I love your strength, God. And he begins, the Holy Spirit begins to remind us of who he is, so that we can begin to declare with our mouth and we can begin to call out who he is. And we can thank him for that and offer gratitude for that. And then he begins to inhabit that place with us. We begin to see him as the merciful one. And I just happen to need mercy today. And there he is, the merciful one. When we talk about going for the sake of his name, we need to recognize that where his name is exalted, his character his, shows up. <laughs> where his name, and, and that means beyond this place. That's why we go. Do you know that we can go and we can worship him out there? It probably will look a little different than in here. But we can go and we can speak about his mercy and his goodness in our lives. There are times that I think sometimes we go and we think to be relatable with people, we need to talk about our mutual troubles. <laughs> because we're trying to be relatable. And so we talk about our mutual troubles and the things that bother us and the things we have in common, and that's good. But at some point, we need to recognize that we have been sent for the sake of his name. <laughs> and we begin to speak about the way he shows up for me in those troubles. And we begin to speak about his mercy in my life and the way he's transforming me from the inside out. And it becomes, this worship becomes evangelism. <laughs> Testimony is both worship and evangelism. Because it extols him for who he is. And then his presence becomes, be, begins to come into that place. Where his name is exalted, his kingdom comes. We talked about, we had a, a time where we focused on um, the kingdom, your kingdom come. 
We talked about where is his kingdom? What is his kingdom? Anywhere that he's enthroned. And so we can say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we're looking for all of these works of God. Let your kingdom come. So we're going to do this so that your kingdom can come. No, he needs to be enthroned. And then all of that happens. There's an enthroning that's happening in our individual hearts and in the corporate body when we worship and extol who he is. This is what motivates us. When it says, they went for the sake of his name, we need to recognize that worship is a fuel for the mission of God. That I think we talked a couple weeks ago, I talked about how our, any action on behalf of God really needs to be motivated by worship. It needs to be motivated out of our recognition of who he is and how worthy he is. We're to be, we are to send and we're to go in a manner worthy of God and for the sake of his name. What motivates us to go? It's for the sake of his name. What motivates me to have an uncomfortable conversation? Uncomfortable to me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to this person about what the Lord's meant in my life, and I'm not sure if they're going to be open to it. Or What motivates me to reach out to someone who, who doesn't really seem to have any connection with God and to say, can I pray for you? The motivation needs to be for the sake of his name. What motivates people to leave what is comfortable or profitable, or familiar, to go to a place that doesn't have the gospel. It's for the sake of his name. And so, yes, there are those that labor in the gospel as a full-time endeavor, and we support some of those. But we are all goers. (laughs) We are all sent ones. And what needs to move us as goers is the sake of his name. And this is what's happening that's interesting to me, is we tend, I think about all the different ways we have tried to motivate movement in the body of Christ. I think about all the different sermons that I've been in, careful, all really good sermons, but I, I'm even thinking like when I was in youth group and, and there was this trying to motivate people to go and to share their faith and the thing that was brought to motivate was need. The need is great. People are going to hell. Truth. And we begin to try to motivate the body. I see a whole bunch of ways that we're trying to motivate the church to become active in all different things. And, and we're, part of it is going, the need is great. Look at what's happening in the world. And we're keeping that in front of people, hoping it's going to motivate the church to do something. What is it going to take for the church to wake up? How bad does it have to get? This motivation that comes from need and fear 
and looking at the, the rise of evil. And, and so we try to motivate and we say things too, like, you know, there's still thousands of, peop of, of people groups that have never heard the gospel. That is true. The need is there. Or we look at the degradation of the family and the way that evil is prospering and look at what's happened to morality in America and we try to motivate movement in the body. This is all true. <laughs> the need is great, but that's not the reason we go. We don't go because the need is great. We go because the name is great. And that's two totally different things. That's two totally different ways of walking into the thing that God has called us to do. Yes, the need is great. But the reason and the motivation that we go is because the name is great. Because he's worthy. And that allows us to go from a place not that's focused on the enormity of the need. It allows us to go from a place that's focused on the enormity of the name. All his ways are perfect. He's the perfect one. I don't want to go because things are so imperfect. I want to go because he is so perfect. And he's already made a way. And he already has a plan. And so we go not because the need is great, but because the name is great. That's not our main motivation. One of the places we see this is in the story of the alabaster bottle <laughs> where she came and, and she broke this very expensive perfume over the feet of Jesus. And one of the things they did is criticize her because the need was great. That could have helped this many people. And Jesus said, leave her alone. <laughs> Basically, she did the right thing. She was extolling the name. Amen. And there was a fragrance that came out of that, out of her coming and being moved by the greatness of the name. Had something on it. it in fact, it said, people will remember. He says, people will remember this. Whenever the gospel is told, people will remember this. Because a person responded to the greatness of the name instead of the greatness of the need. I'm not sure that it would have been written if she would have, you know, and a woman had an expensive bottle of perfume and she sold it and gave it to the poor. We should, we should care for the poor. Don't get me wrong. But our motivation has to do with why we're doing what we're doing. We don't do it because the need is great. We do it because the name is great. We go because the name is so great that he needs to be known. There's something in me that goes, oh, that you would know him. That you would know how great he is, how great his mercy is. How all-surpassing, how perfect he is. Not just because I see that you have a need, but I want you to see the greatness of my God. 
We don't want to see people healed just because there's a need for healing. We want to see people healed because it reveals the greatness of our God. And there's something I believe he's inviting us into because there's been a little bit in, in the body of Christ a focus on the greatness of the need. And he's calling us into, hey, hey, as you go, how about if you focus on the greatness of my name? Let that be your motivation. Pastor Dave has said for years, and it took me a few of those years to swallow it and go, yes, I agree with that. He has said for years, need is a terrible taskmaster. Remember when he used to say that? To us as we were making ourselves crazy trying to meet all the needs? I hear him now. Yes. <laughs> and it is, our allegiance is not to the need. My obedience is not to the need. My obedience is to the greatness of the name. And that releases me to walk into where he already wants to meet the need, but from his greatness, not from the lack. Recently, do I want to, I guess. Recently, uh, at thir uh, Thursday morning prayer, we have prayer on Thursday mornings for the, for the Living Waters Church body and the community. And um, we were praying about and just the revelation of just not having as much love as we want to have. Just praying about this, this we want to love more than we do. Just me? Am I the only? No? Anyone else? And for me, I was struggling with that just in every aspect. As a mom, as a, as a wife, as a pastor, as I just, I need more love than I have. If if I'm going to do this and if I'm going to do it well, I need to love more. And this is a prayer that I come to the Lord. I love you all. I do. But I need a kind of love that's bigger than my love. So do you. You need a love bigger than my love. And, and I'm you know, going, Lord. And, and the same prayer, very familiar, focused on my lack of love. How many of you pray prayers about your lack of love? <laughs> or lack of peace, or lack of hope, whatever it is. And so we're in this circle, and we're praying, and we're asking God, and I felt like the Lord said, hey, hey, why don't you stop asking, and why don't you just look at my love for a minute? Just look at my love. And so I began to shift my focus to, I don't have enough love, I need more love, I repent for not having love, I'm, you know, my lack... Fill me up with your love. And I began to focus on, on looking at his love. And scriptures began to come to me. And I believe it was by the Holy Spirit, because I don't have that many scriptures memorized, if I'm being honest. I was in Sunlight Club, but that was a while ago. And so I'm, I'm beginning to focus on his love, and I'm beginning to worship him for his love. Because one of the prayers I had just prayed is, God, my love is so fragile, and yours is not. My love is so fragile, and yours is not. 
And I was seeing this contrast between his love and my love and feeling the lack. And, and he said, yeah, just begin to worship me for how not fragile my love is. And again, just like I experienced this morning, the weight, the, the weight of how enormous his love is, how not fragile it is, how strong it is, how it was like the universe expanding in front of me as I chose. It was, it was like turning me inside out because I could not handle how incredibly large and powerful and strong and enduring his love was. And it just began to explode on the inside of me until I, I ended up actually leaving the room because I went, I, I have no idea what's going to happen next, but I'm not doing it in front of people. <laughs> and popped into the mom's room and just wept and worshipped him. It wasn't even, here's, here's the difference. It wasn't even me going, oh, I'm feeling your love. You're pouring your love on me. It wasn't that, which I've experienced. It was his love unfolding in front of me, and all I could do was worship. All I could do was say, your love is so not fragile. Your love is so amazing. Your love reaches through time and space. Your love, and I'm just pouring out all of this as, as the universe is expanding. Creation came from your love. Your love saw me before the foundation of the world. Your love, you know, and I'm just crying out in worship and the worthiness of who he is and what his love is was just, I couldn't stand. And guess what I wasn't thinking about anymore? My need or my lack. And I'm telling you, my family maybe hasn't noticed yet, but it, it began to shift something in me where my capacity to love changed. And I began to be able to fight now. I probably need to go back and worship some more about his love. But there's something about beholding him that allows us to then go for the sake of the name and to respond and to be sent not for the need or the greatness of the need, but out of the greatness of who he is. This is how we're sent. This is why it matters that we worship on a Sunday morning. And you know what? We're going to talk about worship over the next few weeks here. And we're going to talk about how, for, for some of you, you'll be so excited to know that worship is not just singing. That there are a lot of different ways to worship. I have been finding there are places my voice can go in worship just in speaking that I can't go in singing. Like, I want to try to sing something, but I get distracted by how it doesn't sound great. And so then I just speak it. I just begin to speak what is true about him without any music. Or I begin to testify to another person about what he's doing in my life. I believe that he's going to help us. Do you know that our testimonies can sometimes be about us? But there's something that he's bringing us into where our testimonies are going to begin to be about him. Even this morning when we sang, you're my shepherd, other things that he was, can't remember all the words. 
You're, you're these things. There's, there are there's different pronouns in those sentences. And there is a place that I can sing that that is weighted on the my, me, mine. And then there's another place I can sing it that is heavily weighted on the you, And I believe he's inviting us into a greater revelation of what that is. That our worship is going to begin to be more and more focused on who he is. So that we can go because of his greatness and the greatness of his name. There is a confidence we can have when we are stepping out and going not because of the greatness of a need, but because of the greatness of his name. We're leaving for Ukraine in a couple of weeks. And there's been these times where I've gone, there is nothing. The need is so great. What is it that we think that we can bring to that? What is it that we think? The need is, I have nothing to bring to this need. But there's this other place that knows that our going has been born out of the greatness of his name. And if nothing else, we're going to go to worship with other believers around the greatness of his name in the midst of what they're in the midst of. But it completely shifts because then it's not about what can I bring to this need. It's I just have to honor the name. How many of us wake up in the morning and we go, okay, here's my list of things I want to do today. Here's the list of needs I need to meet. Here's the things that we we need to affect change in. Okay, God, bless it. Right? I do, Lord, bless my day and bless this. And oh, okay. But but here's a new prayer that's beginning to be birthed in me. I start with worship. And then I go, what did you want to do today? What's on your list? It's not a perfect science. I'm really working on it. But it completely shifts the way that I go into my day when I'm going, even if I'm just going out of my bed, for the sake of his name. Amen? Amen. So we aren't sent because the need is great. We're sent because his name is great. And we've talked about the fact that the motivation for God to send Jesus was love, and that is true. But there is something that is the mission of God in which his love is found. And that is that he is passionately committed to his fame. He is passionately committed to all of the nations knowing his name and worshiping him. And I think sometimes it's a lot easier for us to present a gospel that is people-centered. Because it is. His heart is for the sake of love. But the reality is the mission of the gospel is God-centered. Because where he is exalted, his kingdom can reign. So that's the invitation of the gospel. Yes, the invitation is 
Jesus died so that you could be saved. But there's a part of it that says, and so that you can worship him. The invitation of the gospel is to become a disciple. Yes, being a disciple isn't just about walking in a certain way or following a certain moral code. That's moralism. The invitation of the gospel is to become a worshiper. That's what discipleship is. That's one of the reasons when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? You know, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're la la la. You're Elijah, the second Elijah. All the... But Peter said, he says, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Son of God, the declaration of his, his Godness. <laughs> and that is what the church is built on. That is the reality. That is the invitation of the gospel. That is the place he was bringing his disciples to. Yes, that they would know his love. Yes, that they would know his mercy and his forgiveness and his character and that. But that ultimately that they would know you are God. And you are worthy. That's the invitation of discipleship. So our worship for Jesus is fuel for going. There's a motivation in me that goes beyond just the compassion for people. And the motivation is, I want to see him glorified. I know that there is a day when people from every tribe and tongue and nation are going to gather around him to worship. That's kind of the end game. It's about worship. It's about him being exalted as he is. Why? Because he's an egomaniac? No. <laughs> but because where he is exalted, his kingdom can reign. And his kingdom is love. His kingdom is perfect. We talked about the perfect one this morning. We're inviting people. When we invite people to worship him, we're inviting them into the perfect kingdom of God. Into his perfect ways that he made a way for. We have no way of being able to get into that apart from him. It's true that God came for love, but his mission was God-centered. There's several places in Scripture. We're not going to go to all of them. In Romans 9.17, it says that God's goal in redeeming Israel was that his name would be proclaimed in all the earth and that the name of the Redeemer would be praised. In Isaiah 66.19 it was prophesied that God will send messengers to the coastlands far off that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory, and they will declare my glory among the nations. In Isaiah 12:4, it says that he will make known, it says to us, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. In Romans 1:5, Paul said that his ministry as a missionary was to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of Christ's name among the nations. This is what drives God. 
Yes, his love, but he knows his love can rule and reign where he is exalted. And so there is something that says he wants to see his name made famous, not because he's insecure and just needs to be worshipped and validated, that, that would be more like us. His name would be made famous so that his way can prevail. Where he is exalted, his kingdom can reign. In John 17, 1, Jesus says, this is a prayer or something that I look forward to hopefully being able to say to the Father. He said, basically, I brought you glory by completing the work that you gave me to do. So this was, this was the motivation even of Jesus. The work that you gave me to do, I did the work for the sake of glory. This was his motivation. And this can be our motivation when we see how worthy he is. The focus of Jesus was not the works as much as it was the glory that God would receive. The glory meaning that he would be seen for who he is. Jesus said, I came to reveal the Father. And a lot of times we can relegate that to so that we knew his love and we knew, yeah, that's all good. But also so that we knew his supremacy, his worthiness. I can't tell you the number of times that I've experienced his love and what has poured out of me is worship for the perfection of his love. When we sing things like, only you can satisfy, everything else is empty. Everything else has an ending. Only you are eternal. It's important for us to not just sing that, but to have a revelation of that. <laughs> if I want to do well preaching on a Sunday morning, it's not because I care what you think of me. It's because I care what you think of him. I don't ever want to dishonor his name. And there has to be something in us that sees him as so worthy that anything we do, anywhere we go, is for that. Because we will move past all of the caring what somebody thinks of me. We'll step into things that feel risky or where somebody might not like us or we'll step past that for the sake of his name because we care that he be exalted. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Lord, we thank you for the invitation that you are giving us 
to explore the greatness of your name. We thank you for the ways that you are um, inviting us into that intention. We thank you, Lord, that there is a very real work of the Holy Spirit when Peter confessed who you were and he exalted you and the greatness of your name, Jesus said, man didn't reveal this to you. God, we come and we acknowledge that man can't reveal this to any one of us. But we open our hearts, we say yes to your spirit, and we ask that you would continue to reveal to us the weight of your worthiness, the greatness of your name. We want to know the greatness of your name more than we know the greatness of the need. We want to know the greatness of your name more than we know our lack. And we ask that you would continue to draw our attention to who you are. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work and you would reveal the truth. That you would make us hungry to see you and to behold you. God, we say that we love your presence more than we love your promises. We ask that when we go and when we send, we would send and we would go from the, for the sake of your name. We want to see you, Jesus. We want to see the perfect one. We want your lordship in our lives. There's nothing we won't do when we know how worthy you are. Continue to reveal your son, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.